Welcome to MotivationAddict.com with Julie Salon. This is where you will find inspiring stories on how to motivate yourself and gain momentum towards success, turning fear into confidence, and how to find divine flow, allowing you to crush your goals. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hey everyone, Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. I am so happy that you're here today. I have an amazing show for you. I am going to be interviewing Cindy Porter. She is transforming women one image at a time. Cindy Porter is the owner of Success Through Style. She helps female entrepreneurs create a personal and professional brand, dress with intention and live their best lives. She's also an award-winning certified photographer, image consultant, author and motivational speaker and prior to starting her business she spent 20 years in high-tech sales and marketing so we are going to discuss why only four percent of all women worldwide believe they are beautiful and how that negatively impacts their self-confidence and their ability to succeed uh, cindy is super fun to talk to super engaging and interactive and i think you'll really enjoy this one so we'll see you on the inside this is the interview with cindy porter enjoy Hi everyone, welcome to MotivationAddict.com. I am super, super excited today to be with Cindy Porter. I met Cindy at the New Media Summit. She's an amazing person. She is transforming women one image at a time. And forgive me if I'm looking over, but I have her bio and it's pretty amazing here. Um, she says basically she is the owner of Success Through Style and she helps female entrepreneurs create personal and professional brands, dress with intention and live their best lives. Um, and I would love to introduce Cindy. She's actually an award-winning photographer as well and an image consultant. So she's an author, a motivational speaker. You've done it all, Cindy. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> I didn't say about that, but thank you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your background because I know that you were in tech and you spent 20 years in high-tech sales and marketing. How did you get from there to where you are right now? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely been a journey. So, you know, I um, went to school and thought you go into the corporate world and you, you know, work your way up the ladder and see what happens. And uh, that's what I was doing and working like crazy, you know, those crazy hours um, started off in, in sales and marketing and, you know, had my territory where I would have to drive all over the place. We were talking about what it felt like to, be on a plane and be in a, in a hotel like three, three days a week. Um, it's just, it was grueling, but I was, you know, very good at sales and marketing. Um, so it's, it's like one of those things where, you know, you might've experienced this too, where you find that you're good at something, but you don't like it. Yes. Um, that was kind of my corporate life. Like I, I, I did a good job and I moved up the corporate ladder, um, primarily in professional sales and high tech. I, um, I had a very uh, difficult personal life going on at the same time. Um, I actually was in an abusive marriage, very low self-esteem. I was just kind of a train wreck personally while I was excelling in my business. And I got a call um, and was offered to leave where I was living in Colorado to go to Silicon Valley because there was this thing called the internet and maybe I would want to give it a try. So I actually took um, about a six figure pay cut to just walk away from a job and go to this thing. 
And, you know, we weren't even using email at this time. It was just like in its infancy, but I had to get out of this marriage. And I knew the only way to get out of it was to leave the state. So I went to work for this little company called Waze, Wide Area Information Servers. And they were one of the first companies to do internet searches. Anyway, I don't want to get into all the the details there, but that company was purchased by AOL. You know, long story short, one day I looked down and I said, "What what do these stock options even mean? And I realized that I didn't have to work there anymore. Yes. And um, so I uh, I threw it all away and started my own thing and didn't know what I wanted to do um, next and um, started a photography studio because I'd always loved photography and went and got certified to make sure I was doing professional level work. Loved, loved, loved it. And before I knew it, I realized that what I really loved more than anything was helping women feel beautiful. So my business has grown over the 10 years um, that I've been doing it now primarily into image and style. I also do photography still for, for those women, but my passion is helping women know that they are beautiful and that they look in the mirror and feel just great about themselves and carry that energy with them as they go into the world. That's amazing. And I love that. And the reason I love that is because I suffered for so long with self esteem as well. And I think so many of us do. In fact, only 4% of women worldwide believe they're beautiful. That's on your bio. And I completely agree with that. Talk about a little bit about how that negatively impacts when the experiences you've had with talking with some of your clients about that. Yeah, well, I can tell you from, from first experience that that was my story for most of my life. You know, I would be that person that would go into the closet and look at this closet full of clothes and try on outfit after outfit and have this pile of discarded clothes kind of getting higher and higher, not necessarily tidy. <laughs> so I look in the mirror, throw them down and try on outfit after outfit and look in the mirror. And, you know, the truth is we can't go into the world and do our best if we just spent the first 45 minutes of every morning looking in the mirror telling ourselves how we don't measure up every time we catch a reflection, go to the bathroom during the day and look in the mirror. And, and, you know, women have a tendency to look in the mirror and focus on what we don't like about ourselves. And so I kind of thought I was alone and that I just didn't get this DNA that all the other women had. And as I started to do research, I found, as you said, I can't believe it. Only 4% of all, all, all women worldwide that was a study done by the Dove Foundation of 10,000 women in 10 different countries. So it's not just Americans. It's not a small sample size. It's every woman everywhere. And I see it over and over and over again. Very successful women to, you know, less successful women have this one thing in common. And it's that we, we beat ourselves up because we feel like we don't measure up. And we focus a lot on, on physical beauty. We do. We do. And we need to change that culture. I think also part of that is that we're all brought up to take care of everyone else first and take care of ourselves last. And that translates to us maybe not eating right, not working out as we should. I clearly remember my mother always feeding all of us and then sitting down at the last second. I still, I do that for my husband. I just, there's a lot going on here emotionally that we've all kind of been brought up this way. And I do think you're right. I know you're right. We focus on the negative and we're always thinking, well, if I just change this or, you know, so-and-so so so gorgeous, if 
you know, if I could just look like that, boy, things would change for me. And it's a process getting to learn to even like yourself, let alone love yourself, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's easier said than done. And I think, you know, I grew up in a, in a time where, you know, self-care wasn't even a term that anybody used. Yeah. You know, the environment that I worked in was, you know, you sleep when you're dead. Like yes. that, <laughs> just, yes. you know, so this whole idea of, it took me a long time to even adopt the idea that it's okay to take yeah. care of ourselves, to focus on ourselves, to be our best. You know, the whole, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first before somebody else's. Like that was all new to me. And, and now the fact that I'm actually helping others do that is kind of crazy. It's kind of awesome though. It's absolutely I mean, awesome. I think unconsciously we all have a ticker tape running in our head. I noticed this a few years ago and all of the awful things that you say to yourself, you would never, I would never say to anybody, let alone my worst enemy, you know, you're fat, you're ugly, you can't do this, you're not smart enough, you don't have the right tools, and on and on and on. And like you said, when you get up in the morning, if you start with that mindset, that's something that we can help people change. Tell me a little bit about, maybe give a couple of tools to the listeners or one tool that they could start to change that negative mindset and turn it into a positive one. Yeah, so what I really believe is, and, and you know, I'm not a fashionista, believe it or not, even though I'm an image consultant. To me, how we dress is our most powerful communication tool. So the first thing I teach my clients is to do this idea of creating a personal brand, figuring out who you are, what are your values, you know, what really matters to you, how do you want the world to perceive you, and to think about it as the same way um, you would brand a business, that you are, you are thinking about your colors and your identity, and you're dressing in a way to communicate those things. So I do, on my website, I have a, a quiz. It only takes a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Your listeners wanted to go there. Um, and it, actually, you can take this quiz that I created, and it tells you what your style is. And I've created these nine avatars. So oh, whether cool. you're feminine or edgy or sporty or sophisticated, there's nine of them. And it helps you then say, oh, well, what? When I want to show up, it's not to be a cover of a magazine or to look like this movie star or to just be, have perfect features. It's actually the first step is how do you communicate who you are and, and identifying who you are to start with. And what that does is it helps you when you shop to know, should I buy this or should I buy that? Well, I'm feminine, so I'm going to buy this because that communicates femininity. Or I'm not at all feminine. I'm absolutely edgy. And I want people to know that I'm going to be a little provocative and say some things, right? Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things that I learned is that when we show up in a way that isn't consistent with who we are and the words that come out of our mouths, it's actually psychologically jarring to other people. Yes. So yes. the first thing is to just know who you are and then think about, I'm, you wear pink. That means there's, you have, you know, I, I would guess, right? And it fits with, with who you are, that you're feminine and you're a nurturer, right? You have pink and you have kind of long flowy hair. And if you were like swearing like a sailor and really edgy and rough, you know, I would say, well, probably you should be in a darker color with an edgier haircut, right? Because that would go along more with, who you are and how you represent yourself. Right, right. You're doing a great job, Julie. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> so, 
but here's the here's the big question for you. I'm gonna toss you a curveball right now. So okay. I always um I like to dress a little edgier sometimes, but I always a lot of times had to dress the corporate way, right? The suit and I grew out of the suit so long ago. I was like, that's so old school. But yet I still pick up things kind of like that I don't even like anymore. I have to really think about do I really like this because, or am I just kind of pushing myself into a box that I don't belong in because I did it for so long that it became natural, but it's really not who I am. So let's just say for the listeners, if you work in a company and they expect like sales, they expect you in a suit, um, you're going to be face to face with clients. If you're, if that's incongruent to you, how do you get around that? How can you be a little bit more of yourself and put your own style and flair in there so you feel more comfortable? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it comes up um, a lot of times. And I do sometimes work with companies. And the first thing you know, I, I, I need to find out is, is there a dress code? But more and more business casual is kind of the mainstay. And not all companies do you have to wear a suit anymore. But if you do, there's still um, the liberty to say, is it a conservative suit? Is it more, does it have like a little peplum built into it? Can I wear some color? Um, can I mix colors and have a navy blue suit and then have, you know, like a little pop of red in there? What about accessorizing? Can I wear, uh, if, it's, if you're edgy, can you wear some earrings or eyewear that have a little bit of unique style to them that kind of communicates who you are your right. hair right your hair can be a little edgier modern as compared to to flowy so there's all kinds of ways that you can take your own twist on what's appropriate for the workplace mm -hmm. and the most severe example i have is i had a client who came to see me who was a litigation attorney and she was totally not the personality of a litigation attorney, right? So she had to show up in court with these stiff suits. And, and uh, she said, you know, if you came to my closet, you'd think I'm schizophrenic because I'm really a bohemian at heart. And it was absolutely true. And so what we decided was she would just have a secret and underneath her dark suit, she would wear kind of lacy bohemian undergarments. Okay. And therefore she would know inside that she was how she was showing up. It's just the rest of the world wouldn't see it. Cool. Um, and then coincidentally, like shortly after we worked together, she realized that she should be in, in nonprofit law instead of, you know, corporate litigation. And she, she learned that her brand really was important to her and that it was stressful for her to have to show up in an environment that wasn't true to who she was authentically. So really a transformation for her just figuring out her brand mm -hmm. and assessing, you know, what is the life I'm living and how does that fit with my, my brand? Because that is super stressful when you're incongruent, right? You're trying to be something that you're not, you're trying to fit in maybe where it's not a great fit for you. And I get that everybody has to pay bills and I lived that life for so long, but it becomes very um, damaging, I think over time because you're not comfortable and you feel like you're always trying and, and you never feel like you fit. Uh, that's, that was my experience. I, mine too. Difficult, very difficult place to be, right? Absolutely. It's very difficult and it's very stressful. And, you know, I do actually encourage my clients 
the best that they can handle it, you know, financially, that they really think, because most people, when I say, do you have a brand? Like they might say, well, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a professional and a wife and a soccer mom or, you know, a church goer, like things, labels. But mm. when I talk about a brand, it really is like at the core of who you are, why are you living this life? And I ask my clients to actually write a personal mission statement. Okay. And that might be another thing your, your listeners might want to take away is, you know, we've all, you know, seen professional mission statements, but what about a personal one? but why you're living this life. And at the end of it, if you think about, if you use that, why does a company have a mission statement? Because it tells them what decisions to make. Who should I hire? What should my office look like? What products should I support? Should I go in this direction or that direction? What should my website look like, right? Yeah. So if we have one, then it would say, who should my friends be? Where should I go on vacation? Where should I work? You know, what book should I read? What TV show? I mean, it, if you really know that these are my values and this is why I'm living this life, you're no longer on automatic pilot and everything becomes intentional. And hopefully eventually that that's also true for where you work, that you're right. choosing a company with a culture that allows you to show up and be you. What do you think about making an impact? Because I know we talked a little bit about that before we got, you know, we started recording and Everyone, I think, especially entrepreneurs, right? Heart-centered leaders, they all want to make an impact. They all want to show up powerfully. So how, how do you kind of incorporate that if you do wear pink and you're more on the softer side? Um, is it by maybe one accessory that feels comfortable that would give a little pow? Or Because I'm thinking, and tell me if I'm wrong, when we talk about impact and we talk about that first impression, a lot of times it's difficult to, um, you can't get that back sometimes, right? You, you come out of the gate and somebody sees you and they, you know, observe you for five seconds or however long it is, five, seven seconds. And then they have an impression of you before you've even opened your mouth, just based on what you're wearing. So if someone wanted to show up more powerfully, no matter where they are, if they have their own business or they work in a, a company and have a culture, how could they, what, what kind of tools could they take away and to show up more, more, make more of an authoritative impact. Yeah, so, so you're absolutely right. Um, the research shows that it's fewer than seven seconds to make a first impression, and therefore, you know, it has a lot to do with how you look. But I feel like you know, more than being powerful, um, if you want to be an influencer, that being authentically true to who you are is more important. Yes. So if you are actually an introvert and you're soft, and, um, you know, you're going to change the world by helping and nurturing people. You don't have to show up and look powerful because if you show up bold and bright and energetic, people are going to expect you to act bold and bright and energetic. Mm -hmm. And I personally believe you can be a leader and be an introvert. You can be a leader and be outspoken. You can be a leader and be feminine and, um, you know, you need to dress for the environment, like the occasion, mm -hmm. but you, but it, I personally teach and believe that unless powerful is one of your adjectives, I help my clients come up with adjectives. If powerful is one of them, then yes, we need a little color punch or we need something that's a little bit, you know, brighter and edgier and will stand out from the crowd. Right. Right. Um, but it might not be, it might be that you're a healer and what you really want people to know is that you're soft and lovely 
and nurturing and that you you're going to hold a space for them mm -hmm. that's allow them to grow and um, you don't have to look powerful and I think that's so important that it, you have to be self-aware you have to know kind of what you're projecting and dressing that way if it's, it's better to be authentic right exactly. I think I learned that the hard way by not fitting in. I remember telling somebody uh, when I was in sales that specifically I will change how I speak and, and what I say and kind of my whole demeanor depending on who I'm talking to. And after I said it, I thought, you know, that's probably not a good way to live. You need to be who you are. And in other words, um, be authentic, be who you are, be congruent. And the people that want to, the, the people that you need will hear, they'll hear your message, right? You can't affect everybody. And I'm sure you've had that with your clients. You, you know, you can go to a room and you're public speaking to a couple hundred people, but maybe only 30 of them will resonate with what you're saying and what your message is. But that's okay because exactly. we're here to, to help every single person. We'd love to, but that's why there's so many coaches and so many image exactly. consultants and there's a lot of people that help others, right? I, I, act, I absolutely agree. And I actually had... Um, a coach that was, was helping me once say that um, it's better to divide the room. She said, if you try to be likable to everybody, you're not going to make a big enough stand. It's mm -hmm. much better to come into the room, have a point of view. And if you're a nurturer, you're a nurturer. And if you're a leader, you're a leader. And in my case, if, if people think, oh, she's an image consultant, that she must be superficial, you know, or if I tell my story of not feeling comfortable in my own skin and having a, an abusive marriage and the life that I had that I had to overcome, and if I lose people, if they're like, oh, that's too much information, I don't want to hear that, then they're probably not my people. Right. And I think that's the, I have, what you said all the time, I have clients say, oh, well, I'm in sales, so I figure out, I do some research and I figure out who my client is, and then I dress for them. And I don't recommend that. I think you need to dress for you and your people will find you when there's enough people, especially if you're an entrepreneur, yes. especially if you're an entrepreneur, there's enough people in the world who will want what you have and will naturally gravitate to you if you just show up authentically. Yeah. And there's enough success for everybody. I always say that, you know, sometimes people feel like there's only, you know, so-and-so is going to get more of the pie than I will. There's enough, there's enough to go around, but I do think that everybody Absolutely. has their role to play and you have to be congruent. And it's so funny because this is a really important point with horses. If you show up incongruently, they want nothing to do with you. They get very confused and they stare 1.4 seconds longer at you because they're kind of trying to figure it out. So if you have, if, if you're really nervous, let's just say, and you're saying everything's fine, everything's okay. And your arms like hanging off. It's, it doesn't work. They see the difference, and I believe, you know, people can feel that too, right? You can yeah. feel it when you hear telemarketers and, or people saying, you know, oh, I made, you know, $300,000 in an hour from my webinar. You can do it too. It's like, come on, can we be real exactly. I mean, let's just cut to the chase. I mean, I think that people want real, authentic people, and it's just about finding where your comfort level is and being open to trying different things, right? Because yeah. I'm sure you've had clients. I'd love to talk a little bit about this. You've had clients that are kind of, they come to you and they want help, but they might be kind of stuck in their ways of dressing because they feel that they've done it for so long and it's comfortable. Even though it's not the right way, they feel comfortable. 
How do you kind of shift them into a more powerful state? Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm sure you run into this also in your business. Like people change when they're ready to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, I mean, it's, it, it's across everything, wherever you're trying to help make a transformation um, for somebody. So hopefully people that do end up hiring me or coming into my orbit, right, are there because they know they're not happy with what, where they're at. Mm-hmm. So most of them are open, um, but I do I do run into people who are resistant to change, and I just I kind of feel like a therapist, right? <laughs> a little bit that you inch them towards you know where they want to go. It's like they're here, and you know that they were going to be the happiest if they're there, and just kind of have to read the situation and see how much change are they ready for and what time frame. A lot of, I mean, what's great about what I do is so visual that it gets immediate feedback. Right. So if I say to somebody, you know, you you have a whole wardrobe of black and you want to be more approachable and you're actually quite lovely and um, you like feminine, you know, styles. So what if we did soften up with some pastels or, you know, just some lighter colors And they're like, oh, no, I could never, you know, I need to hide my body. I always wear black, right? And and then you you actually can put something on them. This is one of the reasons why I love working in workshops, right? Because if you can put something on them and say, look in the mirror, and they're like, I don't know. But then you have 10 other women are like, you look amazing, right? Then you feel that. And so it's, and then you start to, you go into the world and you get on an elevator and somebody talks to you whereas before you were off-putting and you were complaining that people found you unapproachable so you in my world you get instantaneous um, reactions to the the small changes that you make awesome a lot of coaches don't get that because it's more internal yeah yeah so let's get back to um i have a question i just thought of when i was thinking about this entrepreneur and a woman that's between 30 and 50 and their goals are different, but they're in two different environments. Have you found that it's a difficult switch for a woman that is in corporate and wants to be an entrepreneur and from an entrepreneur going into corporate where they've kind of thrown in the towel? I guess I'm more interested in the entrepreneur going back in because I feel like, and I've experienced this, that they're kind of throwing in the towel and they feel like they've disappointed themselves. Like they didn't make it and they tried and they gave it their all and it didn't work out. So now when we talk about negative mindset, now we're going into that old loop of, Hey, you know, I told you so. And now it's really happening. You didn't make it as an entrepreneur. You tried. And now you got to go back to the nine to five. You know, it's going to suck. You know, it's going to, you're going to hate it because you tried before that's a whole other thought process because now it's more reinforced. Yeah. You have clients that have experienced that and how how do you kind of guide them to be more powerful from that state? How do you shift that? Yeah. So I haven't had that exact situation where um, I I have. So I will tell you that a, a, um, a large percentage of my clients are going through some kind of transition it seems to be a time where the work that I do is appealing to them. 
And so many of them are maybe re-entering the job force, but they're excited about it or, um, um, you know, they're quitting there, which is more, more common. They're quitting corporate and they're going into entrepreneurship and they want to look and feel the part. Um, but I would say like, if you're in a situation where things are not really going your way and you need to re-enter the work world, you temporarily, or you've just kind of tried something and it didn't work out. Maybe you're going through a divorce that happens as well. Yeah. You know, the first thing I try to do is, is work on their mindset and get their head wrapped around what's positive about what they're about to step into and what do they want to accomplish. And because how you dress is a communication tool to think about, okay, what is your ideal job? You know, how will people perceive you there? And what does that look like? And let's build a wardrobe around that. I think it's the same thing when people are on a weight loss journey. Yeah. It happens quite often where they don't want to invest in a look when they're, you know, they're not at their ideal weight and they know that they don't want to be at this weight. It, it's really like, let's, let's dress the body you have. Let's honor the body you have while you're going through this. And I would say the same thing about a, a job is that isn't your ideal job. Let's figure out how you can show up in a way that you feel empowered, that fits with the environment, that allows you to flourish in that environment and allows you to think about if that's really not what you want to be doing, what steps you need to take there so that you can move on to your next step. And so you see it as a stepping stone and you're carrying, you know, your, your drive and your ambition and your, your inner strength with you. That's so important. What you just said about honoring yourself and honoring where you are. And for me, I think it's a lot of um, learn that the journey is where the fun is, even though it may yeah. seem stressful because look, you just gave a perfect example, right? So, you know, you're at X weight and you're losing weight. So you don't, you think, well, when I lose another 10 pounds, then I'll buy my nice wardrobe that I really would love to have. But what if you get sidetracked? What if life happens, right? We know life happens. Exactly. And, you know, it could be a lot longer than you think it will to, to get there, um, which is okay. But I feel like you're right. I think we should honor where we are and why not have fun with where you are? And there's a lot of things you can uh, buy that would be like a bag, accessories or shoes or something that isn't going to change size, right? Or scarves or jewelry that would make you feel empowered and happy versus um, you know, just waiting because what if the waiting turns out to be a long time, then it's going to be a little bit more of a, a mindset hurdle. I agree. I agree. And there's, and there's also a big shift going on with clothes where um, consignment shops are really huge. Uh, Thread up is the largest online consignment shop. And, and I love that one. And a lot of times my clients will um, invest in me and the education and the process yeah. But buy secondhand clothes, especially if they're going through a body shift. Yeah. And, um, and you, and you're right. You can buy basics and, and then do a lot of the interesting things with accessorizing around it. But you can, you can look beautiful no matter, you know, where you are with, on that weight loss journey and no matter where you are with your budget and no matter where you are with, you know, life transitions from one job to another. And I think the important thing is that we just can't live our best lives if we look in the mirror and we feel like we're not enough. And 
And what if you look in the mirror and you hate everything that you have, which a lot of people do because they've been incongruent and they haven't been true to themselves and they haven't been honoring their true style within. A lot of people feel like that butterfly that wants to come out. So yeah. do you just do it one piece at a time or do you just kind of go for it? When they have that shift, do they kind of say, okay, let's really do this now and head to toe, buy a few things that make them feel positive? Talk a little bit about the changes. Once they do change, how do they show up in the world and in terms of making an impact? It must be completely different. Yeah, it's and every client is different. So my process includes starting with the personal brand. And then as an artist, as a portrait photographer, I use the seven elements of art and teach women. And this is a little bit different, I think, than most stylists. Most stylists are looking for a way to have a client for life where they come into your closet, they help you figure out what to wear, they shop for you, yep. and it's a great exchange. My thing is I would, I would um, rather empower my clients to do it for themselves. I think it's much more empowering to mm. learn how to go shop and dress and put outfits together for yourself instead of always relying on somebody like me to do it for you. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is to learn, like, what is my brand and what, fabrics and shapes and proportions and colors look good on me so that you can make mindful decisions and then you can start to look in the mirror and and see the progress yep. so a lot of my clients will be excited and they'll go back and they'll look at their closet and they'll sit they say 80 percent has to go you know 80 percent and and some are on a budget and they're like 80 percent might need to go but i'm going to start by what I recommend is that you start by partitioning your closet. So let's take the 20% that you love, that you know looks good on you and see what it is. And let's move the other 80. You don't have to get rid of it or donate it, but just put it away for now. See if you can live with it without it for a season. Okay. And what outfits can you make out of what you already have? And is it just a piece here and there that can allow you to wear that 20% and even know what that 20% is? And um, I did an algorithm, and I don't remember the exact result, um, but I, I, I looked at if you had only five pair of pants, five skirts, five jackets, five tops, five sets of accessories, and you mixed and matched them every day, like you knew what your colors were, they, you met your final rules, I think I ended up with 40,000 outfits. What? A huge really? number. Huge. It's just a different combination. Just think about it. You take this earring, you know, and you, and you mix that up. You know, you take this glasses, you mix that up. You take these, um, this jacket. Right now you can wear the jacket with the dress, with the skirt, with jeans, with slacks. Then you mix the shoes. Like you can make completely different outfits mm -hmm. just by mixing up one or two different elements. And it really allows you to have an amazing wardrobe that tells your story, that looks good on you without having, you know, this huge closet full of clothes. <laughs> Good idea, because a lot of people are on a budget, and they don't have, you know, X amount of thousands of dollars to go out and say, yeah, let's just go shopping. They, exactly. they are working, and they're paycheck to paycheck, and they're just doing their very best. I mean, I've donated stuff to consignment shops and to Goodwill, and I've also bought from them, too, because sometimes you can get fabulous deals there. You can get some really great, gently used, clothes that are fabulous so that's also another road to go I'm sure you have clients and that do that as well absolutely absolutely 
What would you say? What would you say to somebody that uh, wanted to show up? They wanted to speak in front of others, so they want to do speaking gigs and they want to show up powerfully, but they want to be authentic. And that authenticity is not going to be a suit. Do you think that they sh they should just what you're saying before they should just show up as they are and that those people will hear them and that's that? Or do you think that they should bend a little bit? Well, so if you're in front of a crowd, um, there's, you know, there is the concept of wanting to be bright enough that you draw attention to you. So, you know, all things being equal, solid colors that are bright and energetic are the, are the best things to wear in front, either on video or in front of a crowd. Okay. But then you have to take your personality into consideration. So if you are not a big, bold, I mean, first of all, that's going to be hard. Like if you're, if you don't have a big, bold personality, maybe you should have a podcast like yours, right? Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're up there looking for, for attention. So I would say, you know, know that you are, you are responsible for creating the energy in the room when you are the speaker on the stage. Right. You might have to harness your inner your inner power, your inner, your inner energy to, to do that. And, and it might help you to do that. But if you are soft and lovely, maybe it's a bright pink, you know, or purple or whatever is in your color palette as compared to um, something that's, you know, darker and richer and more mysterious. Right. Right. And I think that's so important what you just said that, the other part of that is that you need to go where you're comfortable, right? Because I've been on stages. It's definitely not comfortable for me. Um, being on video is not that comfortable either, but I'm getting better. But I love talking with people. And I love helping people as you do. So we kind of look at it as we're, we want to help others. That's the reason we're doing this. So Absolutely. Um, but work within your comfort zone before you throw yourself out there because you don't want to go way out of your comfort zone and then have a panic attack and then never do it again. We want, you want to keep growing and growing and growing and you want that positive reinforcement. So exactly. it's okay to, I mean, do people come to you and say, you know, I am getting out of the nine to five. I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm not sure whether I should do podcasting or speak on stages and do you help coach them along those lines of where they, they would be best suited. Yeah, I actually um, have a year long program called icon and I have a business partner in that one who's a business expert. And as you know, I have, I have 20 years in the, in the business um, sector as well, where it's not just image and style, but we take um, primarily entrepreneurs, but sometimes professional women who really want to not just um, look the part, but they want a whole program around uh, transforming into having a platform and figuring out what is their platform and should they be speaking or podcasting or networking, doing videos, and then putting objectives around what they want to accomplish and helping them accomplish those. So I, I've been doing this for um, many years now, and I felt like as much as I love helping people with the image and style part of it, that I felt like I had a lot of clients where we did that and then I knew that they needed more and, and because of my background, I felt like I could offer them more. And so um, 
I'm loving this program. It's relatively new. I do um, an, a live event once a year and I offered this at my last live event. And so it's, it's in its early stages. It's in a pilot. Um, That's and awesome. I'm loving it. Yay. Do you, do you know where you're going to do your, your live event this year? Yeah. So I'm going to go back to the, the same location. It's in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. And um, I'm just starting to market it. It's called the Success Through Style Summit. Nice. And um, it's, it's really fun. It's a two and a half day uh, women's event. And it's all about connection and coming up with a plan to live your best life. And I'd be glad to talk to you about it. So you might yeah. be a fit for, for a speaker there. Oh, I love to. That's amazing. I would love that. And I think you're going to get so many women that are going to want to be there to just change their lives. Because when you realize that you can make an impact and you realize that you're doing what you were created to do and using your gifts, everything shifts, everything changes. It feels like just the world opens up for you in a wonderful way versus you going every day to your nine to five that you hate and you curse all the way and you hate the traffic and it's so different when you're within your, you're finding your flow, right? Your divine flow, I call it. Absolutely. Using your gifts and you feel great about yourself. And then believe it or not, everything starts coming to you because your vibration changes, you're happy. And like you said, everything's more congruent and, yeah. and it just falls into place, right? Yeah. I love that. And I love that you figured out, you know, how to do that with, um, with horses. Like, I just think that's so amazing and that you, you have this, uh, intuitive ability both with, with the horses and with, with people to help them, um, transform their lives. So I know you're (laughs) highly empathic and intuitive. It's uh, something you can't turn off. Um, but you know, you do feel the other side of that. You do feel people that are not, interested in you and don't want to talk to you and the door's not open, um, it does affect you. So you have to ground yourself quite a bit because, um, you take on their energy. I can actually feel other people's pain if I choose to open that channel, but I try not to because it's, it's hard for me. I have to get rid of that junk. But to be honest with you, the, that's the great part is to be able to feel other people's happiness and joy and my superpowers to be able to know where they want to be and what they want to do. Um, So it's, that's the fun part because if they don't, they don't see it, but I'm sitting up here They're you know, it's hard to tell sometimes within yourself, but the horses are the master teachers. I mean, it's, they're just amazing. And I think your whole congruency theme is so on point this year. I feel like so many women are awakening to their true potential and being mindful of that and present and just kind of saying, you know what? Yeah, I have a lot to offer. I have gifts I can use. And you know what? And if we each help each other instead of tearing each other apart. Exactly. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I've kind of stepped a little bit into this, like helping female entrepreneurs, because I feel like it's one thing and it's a big thing to get up and look in the mirror and know you know you're beautiful and carry that with you. But I think women entrepreneurs will change the world. And so then having the confidence that whatever it is your gifts are, that you can bring that to the world and that you can change lives with it and be a, a heart-based entrepreneur. It's, it's such, it's such a big deal that I really just wanted to, to do more. I wanted to, to, to step into that as well. And I, when you were talking, I was thinking about one of the things I say when I'm speaking is, you know, just 
just to, in case anybody out there is feeling like this is all superficial, like how you dress, is that my values really are, I wish we could just all show up naked, right? <laughs> and that we would see each other's aura and we would, you know, just accept each other for who we are. And like, you already can, you know, it's like the yeah. rest of us are judging each other based on how we look. And we, you know, we don't necessarily have the ability to see who the good guys are and who, who to trust and who not to trust. And, um, you know, those of you that have a little bit more of that em empath in you, um, what, what a great gift that is. Yeah. Can you help others to do that? Is that something you do as you teach others to be more empathetic? I can, I can teach. So a lot of it you're born with, but I can teach you to be more intuitive, to, to be more present, to go into your heart and to be able to listen to your intuition. Because a lot of times people override that 99% of the time and it's never wrong. And you'll get that when you go to an interview and you think, oh, you know, this probably isn't a good place for me. But then your ego mind will say, yeah, but you're going to make so much money over here. And it'll be great for your family. And then you're like, well, yeah, but I don't think I'll be happy. Yeah, but you make so much money. It'll be great. And that's kind of the trap that people fall into. But I can teach you to listen to your, your heart and to be more intuitive and just kind of put your walls down and get silent for a minute and be present. I think that's the biggest gift that we can give each other is being mindful and self-aware so that you know, you know what you're saying. Like if everyone's wearing black, what, what would the world be? Think of it that way, right? That would suck. It would be awful. So you just have to be yourself and exactly. that's great. And if they don't, that's okay too. Yes. Showing up authentically and standing in your power is the greatest gift you can give yourself in the world. I think. I agree. I absolutely agree. And even yeah. if it takes a little while to get there, that's okay. It doesn't matter what age you are. It's all about you being you 100%. Yep. I didn't come to it at a young age. I didn't so, either. It's taken you know, me a while. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, I mean, you know, you just have to put one step in front of the other. And, and that's the other thing that I think we both believe in is that, you know, you, you can have a big goal and a big dream and a big aspiration if you're not where you want to be in your life today you know, definitely think about where you want to be in that life and then know that it's just taking one step after another in the right direction. Yep. And that's okay. As long as you're headed in the right direction. Don't you think? I do. And it's just one step at a time. It yep. doesn't have to be the, you don't have to see the whole process in front of you unfold because you sometimes won't, but one step at a time is where you you'll get to where you need to be. But I think we go through these things to help others. Because how could we help someone if we haven't been there? Yes. You can talk to someone who's been in sales and you know the rigmarole they're going through and you know what it takes and you know what their mindset is and how they're feeling and how they feel like they have a family and they're making X and they can't get off that treadmill because what'll happen? The world will fall apart. Exactly. It won't because we've been on the other side. Yes. But I think we go through these experiences to help others because we can say, I've really been there. I know this landscape. Trust me, I do. So I'm going to help you get to where you really want to be, even if it's one step at a time. But yeah. that's all it takes is one step at a time. I think you're doing great work, Cindy. I can't thank you enough for being here. Oh, thank you. You would give one tip to our listeners before I, you can tell us where to find you, but what would be one tip that they could take away today to really empower themselves on their journey? I would say that um, when you look in the mirror, which you do at least once every day, focus on what you love about yourself. 
Don't focus on what you don't like about yourself. Don't tone in and say, I'm getting older and I have wrinkles or I wish I had less, you know, pounds or I wish my hair looked different or my nose was smaller or my lips were bigger. Look and say, what do people say they like about me and what do I like about me? Is it your eyes? And if you have blue eyes, wear blue to bring attention to them. Brown eyes, wear brown. Do something that brings attention to your favorite feature and celebrate what you love about yourself. I love that. I love that because we all do the opposite. So that's wonderful. That's awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough, Cindy. I'm so glad that you were here with me. This is Cindy Porter. So where can people find you on the web? So it's success through style and through is spelled wrong. T-H-R-U. So success through style. And I have a website. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. And um, I teach workshops online as well as in person. I'm have a big summit coming up not till next January. So happy to engage with people at whatever level. Um, I do have a free Facebook group and uh, that's a great way. It's called success through style. Okay. There and, and get lots of good content for free. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I will post all the links down below so that people can reach you. And I just can't thank you enough for being here, Cindy. I think you're doing amazing things. So thank you 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 so much. I feel like I could talk to you all day. I know me too. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, Cindy. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.